Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. I'm a female leader in sports. I'm the general manager of a AAA baseball team in minor league baseball, and I'm the first woman to hold this title in nearly 20 years. And I'm here with the Leadership is Female podcast to make sure that this amount of time never goes by again before another woman leads. Marion Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. So I am here to interview successful women in sport to uncover opportunity, learn the tips, learn from our mistakes, learn from our successes to get you to the top faster. Join me and my guests week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. I will lead her forward because leadership is female. Welcome to episode 11 of the Leadership is Female podcast. Did you know many podcasts don't make it past episode 10? Number 11 means a lot to me and hopefully to all of you too. We cleared a big hurdle and there's no stopping us now. Because this episode is so special to me, I want to interview someone really special to me. My colleague and fellow female leader in our organization, Chief Revenue Officer of the Reno Aces and Reno 1868 FC, Samantha Hicks. In life, when you accomplish something personally, Look around for who's cheering for you and who is sitting on the sidelines, silent. Samantha is someone in my circle who is always clapping for me and supporting me. She told me how proud she was of me when I launched this podcast and how important it is to her and other women in sports. I don't care who you are or how confident you are, that support and those words from those closest to you means the world. I have a big, sincere thank you to Sam and all of those who have been listening since episode one. For this podcast, I want to do something a little different in the intro. Let's hear a quick summary from Samantha. This is me being my true, authentic self, and it feels so good to be open and honest and share your struggles and your successes and make sure you're surrounding yourself with people that respect you, encourage you, and push you 100%. Is she special or what? Let's hear the whole story. The whole interview titled Authentic Leadership with Samantha Hicks. On this week's episode of the Leadership is Female podcast, we have my colleague, Samantha Hicks, Chief Revenue Officer for the Reno Aces and Reno 1868 FC. Samantha is responsible for driving revenue streams for both properties, bringing over 13 years experience in the sports industry. She currently oversees the sponsorship and ticket sales departments for both clubs. She is entering her fifth season with the clubs when COVID-19 pandemic global hit us all. She has adapted her leadership to run revenue, save campaigns for both sports making sure sponsors and season members roll over their commitment to 2021 and beyond, despite the current state of the sports industry having zero fans in the stadium. Samantha has spearheaded sales strategy centered around driving millions of dollars year over year to keep the businesses thriving in downtown Reno. Samantha is passionate about exceeding goals and helping people grow their career. Previously, she has worked for the NBA and WNBA franchises in the Indiana Pacers and Fever, and the Detroit Pistons in shock. She has been part of two WNBA championships. Hicks spearheaded the sellout WNBA fans finals at Bankers Life Fieldhouse in 2012. Samantha's lived in Northern Nevada for five years. She loves spending time with her family and visiting Lake Tahoe. When she is not behind Microsoft Teams in this remote setting, you can catch her walking her dog, Duncan, 
and attempting to cook. Welcome to the podcast, Samantha. Thrilled to have you. Thank you so much, EJ. I can't uh, can't believe that we're actually talking here on the pod. You know we see each other a lot, but so excited to be on today with you. Yeah, I'm thrilled to bring you and your story and your intelligence and expertise to the listeners. So I know I read your bio, um, set you up for this one, but I want to hear more about who you are, uh, what you do, and how you got there. Absolutely. So first and foremost, um, family-oriented person and, um, you know, as it pertains to work, chief revenue officer here with the ACES in 1868 FC. Um, and I oversee sponsorship and ticket sales. So I work with a great group of directors um, on a daily to continue to bring season members and partners um, out to Greater Nevada Field. I love that. And I know that because we work together <laughs> every day. Um, we see each other every morning promptly at 8.30 through our screens. And um, I, I want you to talk a little bit about how you got here. Um, our paths almost crossed about 15 years ago in Chicago. So tell us about um, your genesis in sports. Yeah, I think there's a lot of different seasons um, in the sports industry. So um, for me, I grew up in Michigan. So a Midwest kid, we have that in common. Um, I went to Central Michigan University through the College of Business. Um, kind of before I got there, I, I played basketball and soccer my whole life, um, competitive, part of that team setting. Um, and growing up, my mom sold industrial real estate. So, you know, she'd be driving uh, me to soccer practice. And um, I literally remember her having her legal pad out and negotiating and closing deals. Um, growing up my whole life, I heard that. So Sales is kind of in my blood and in my DNA. I think I've had a lot of examples um, with my family being involved in that. Um, so fast forward to Central. Um, at the time, they didn't have sport management or any, anything like that. So I went through the College of Business um, with a marketing emphasis. And, you know, college ends and it's coming to an end and you've got to decide what should I do. So there was a lot of different sales jobs out there, you know, um, real estate, um, all these different things. Pharmaceutical sales was really hot at the time. Um, but for me, I said, geez, let me look on teamwork online. Like most everyone in our industry does in the beginning, right? Your stepping stone. Um, and I took an internship in Chicago. Um, it was the second season for the WNBA team, the Chicago sky in the middle of summer in downtown Chicago against the Cubs and in White Sox. And and all that competition there, it was, it was a crazy time, but um, I wore the oversized t-shirt and went out to the events downtown, passing out pocket schedules. Um, and really just my, my start was very much so how people get involved uh, in the sports industry. I experienced rejection for the first time because my internship came to an end and I really wanted a job. And I just, I just worked so hard all summer, you know, for free. Come on, you guys got to keep me on. Um, I built really good relationships, but at the end of the day, yeah, I learned rejection. There was no open head counts, no spots in any departments at that time. So I had to figure out what am I going to do? Um, and so I actually ended up cold calling the Palace of Auburn Hills. 
um, my hometown team in the Detroit Pistons and Shock. And so I literally remember uh, trying to get in there and it took me a couple days to finally get through. And um, I talked with a director of sales there at the time and um, I scored an interview because it was all about timing right then. They had to let a gentleman go that same week. They had to backfill and it was just timing and luck may have it, you know. Um, so I drove down in my purple Grand Am, <laughs> a 45 minute drive and um, I interviewed and I just remember walking in the Palace of Auburn Hills, you know, it is just so awesome. Your blood's pumping. You see championship trophies. There's so much history and the sales team at the time was just remarkable people that are still in the industry all over right now. Um, I wanted to be a part of that. And so it was my first job and it was super fun. Um, got some great sales training, you know, became best friends with my cube mates who are still my friends um, to this day, which is awesome um, to stay in, in contact with them. So I was selling $99 season tickets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's think about this here. Um, I was doing whatever I could and I was just trying to out hustle everyone. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to be the top of the leaderboard. I came in early, I stayed late. And at the time, you know, it was just pick up the phone and call. Um, that's what I did. I formed really good relationships with people all around the Metro Detroit area. It was super fun. Um, I think during my time there too, Emily, I really observed. I observed um, some of the best leaders. You know, I think that would be a key takeaway for any listener at the start of your career. You don't always have to be the loudest. You don't always have to be in every meeting or be a part of everything. It's really great just to find a couple of people you look up to in that company and just observe them. You know, what are they doing? What is their body language? How are they dressing? How do they run a meeting? How are they interacting with people? So that was really huge then um, at the time for me. I love that. And I love to call that mentorship through admiration. You don't have to have a coffee once a week with a leader to ask them a bunch of questions. You could admire the work that they do, um, follow the work that they do, see how they act when they find success, and that can pay dividends in your career. Absolutely. So, so I was ahead from there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm selling, I'm top of the leaderboard, um, going on year two and I'm 24 years old and I got laid off. Our owner at the time, Bill Davidson passed away and it was forcing the company to make some changes. So for the first time, again, experiencing a little bit of rejection there, um, you know, they, unfortunately terminated our department area. So again, those best friends and, and the, your colleagues that you're working with day to day, we all walked out to that parking lot that day and we knew, we knew something changed and life wasn't gonna be the same. And um, we had to just figure it out, you know? So from there, I luckily made some connections around the league. Um, my name was on leader reports, uh, leaderboard reports, cause you know, in sales, how, much, how many fans are you signing up and, and what's your reputation in the industry? So I did interview um, out in Phoenix and in Indiana, ended up um, looking to go with Indiana. It was the, the opportunity that would probably provide me some management. And that's really what I wanted to start developing and learning about. 
So I started in Indianapolis um, as a senior seller um, with the Pacers and Fever. Again, first class organization, getting some of the best uh, sales training I think I'd put up against anyone. Great leaders and ticket sales there. Um, and so my story just continued from there in terms of selling and taking on responsibility. Um, when I got hired, the department was four people, including myself, selling and um, you know, worked my way up to director over uh, the department. And there was about 11 people when, when all was said and done there. But we did really cool things such as prospecting events for sales. We really capitalized on bringing people in utilizing Bankers Life Fieldhouse, which is a state-of-the-art, you know, building at the time. Um, and we started some season membership programs, so continuing to build that fan base. Um, and in 2012, we did win a WNBA championship, so that was super Ooh. fun. Yeah, that was super <laughs> fun. Um, just getting to see the city rally behind females, right? You talk about so we are... Awesome. We're on the Leadership is Female podcast, and these are the best athletes in the world. And it's really cool to see the whole city show up, um, regardless of anything like that. They just wanted to win, right? It didn't matter if you were male or female. We wanted our city to have that championship. So it was super the fun. Ultimate story. That's awesome. Then an opportunity comes up for you to move cross country to Reno. Um, in our sports careers, you're often uh, given opportunities like that to pick up from everything that you know or have known at the time and move to someplace new. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about how you navigated through that opportunity, how you ultimately made the decision and, um, you know, where you ended up? You know, I was at the point in Indiana that I wanted more. You know, one of my personal goals was to be running a ticket sales department by the time I was 30. I mentioned that because I do think it's really good to put goals out there for yourself. You don't have to tell anyone about them. I didn't tell anyone, but I knew that's what I wanted. So, um, you know, my mentor um, in Indy, um, we talked through some different opportunities, one being um, the opportunity to be vice president of ticket sales for the Reno Aces at the time. Um, so I connected with my boss and my current boss and um, went through that interview process and part of that process was super exciting because, you know, Eric said, hey, what would you think if a soccer team would potentially be coming here too? There's this new thing going on in the industry. We could not only have baseball, but we might be able to have a USL club as well. And for me, my background was always multiple properties, NBA, WNBA, and then concerts and, and arenas. That's all I knew. So it made the opportunity very intriguing because from a sales side, the ACEs were a robust department, hitting goals, great foundation, great sales philosophy that, that they had established. But then for me professionally, the opportunity to build out a seating map, start a supporters group, um, really build out the sales process from the beginning was super intriguing. And so it, it was an opportunity that I couldn't pass up and I was super excited about. Um, they say, you know, if, if something's right for you, if you're almost a little nervous, right? Is, is that the right next step? So um, at the time I did it. And then personally, you know, my family has been out in Reno um, for quite some time now. So as you, as you know, in the sports industry, that's very rare when it happens. So it was kind of the aligning of hard work and maybe a little bit of luck as well. 
yeah, the stars really aligned for sure. And we're so lucky to have you a part of your team. And I want to point something out early in your career, you experienced failure. You and I have that in common um, with both of our ticket sales internships. We didn't get a job at the end of the tunnel. And for everybody who's listening to this, perseverance and hard work pays off. Sometimes the first answer is not a yes, but you just have to stick with it and let, let the hard work um, that you put in and your legacy speak for itself. And uh, you'll find yourself where you wanna be down the road today, all right? We're in this uh, crazy situation in 2020. And I wanna talk to you a little bit um, about managing ticket sales during a pandemic. What were your plans for communication inward and outward? And um, you know what that leadership role for you has looked like this year? It's a crazy time across the industry, but just across the world. So having a little grace and understanding that what everyone is going through is extremely challenging helps me get through the day to day. You know, at the end of the day, we're not doing this alone. But as we looked at our department, ticket sales specifically, we did want to be trendsetters. I wanted to be doing things that were cutting edge, um, that would reach out and, and be fan facing and be the right thing for our customers. So, you know, we had a very successful revenue plan that we built out um, early on when everything was happening in March and April that I spearheaded. It was very um, challenging, an inward project, so to speak, to answer your question. Um, but at the same time, I knew that plan was going to our owner at the end of the day, right? And I wanted to provide confidence to our leadership team, which you sit on, uh, my boss, as well as ownership. So the great thing about hiring people and letting them do their job as well is that I had just an amazing group of coworkers here. Um, my directors are just outstanding. I put them up against anyone. And we built that plan out and it gave everyone just confidence. That's what we needed in times of uncertainty. What is the plan? Just tell us what to do and you know, why should we be doing it? We challenged each other, but it worked. So we did roll, roll out our loyalty program um, and continue to roll over for both sports, which was super successful. Um, and then I'd say another inward challenge is just staffing, speaking of people, right? Um, Sometimes it's hard, their whole world's upside down, personally, professionally, you know, loss of staff, loss of commission and sales is huge on um, people's livelihood. So um, I just try, think trying to be authentic and reaching out to each person, knowing what they're going through and what motivates them, um, especially during this time, because it has been, uh, you know, something unchartered, specifically if you're young in your career. I'll say that you are a leader who, you're the, one of the most empathetic leaders I've ever had the pleasure of working with. And you also let your team do their job. And that is something um, that is so admirable. And it's such a tremendous leadership quality. Um, how did you develop these leadership skills of, of empathy and um, letting your team, you know, find success for themselves through your guidance. How did you develop those skills? Well, thank you so much for saying that. Um, you know, I think in terms of developing as a leader, it's definitely a process. I've had um, my ups and downs with it. We don't always get it right. And we learn through experience. So, you know, going on 13 years of doing this, I can sometimes predict what's going to happen. And other times you, you can't, and I still get thrown off. 
Um, but I do think being my true authentic self um, every day for me has been, you know, um, a process to find my confidence, being a woman leader in a male driven industry, um, you know, uh, being uh, openly gay and going through what I've had to um, just endure and try to figure out what is the, the, the timing for my people. Um, I think just the more I go through it and show them who I am, they show me who they are. And, um, you know, just really getting to understand them and then just let it get out of their way and let them work, you know, and it happens organically. So it's just been a process um, in developing, I think, myself, and then it allows me to manage better, you know, bottom line or lead better, because those are two different things, you know, but um, yeah, just being authentic. I'm trying my hardest. <laughs> yeah, and um, it's it shows. And I think a buzzword of 2020 is vulnerability. And um, we've seen we've seen people become more vulnerable and um, lucky for our staff and our team. Um, you've always had that wonderful quality. And um, I think it, it shows with your people. So, you know, for those, those listening um, that are looking to further develop those skills, if it doesn't come so naturally to you, um, recently, I've read some books by Brene Brown, and I would definitely recommend picking those up um, to help you with your authenticity, um, your vulnerability, and your empathy um, to, to make a better leader of yourself and create a better culture for your staff to succeed. Let's talk a little bit about a return to fans. Um, we recently got some news that we're going to get the chance to open our gates for the first time in 2020. Um, what are you the most excited about? And conversely, what, what keeps you up at night? Yes. Yeah, so we just recently got some news for the listeners. Um, you know, and when I say that it's this week, so we've been preparing and planning and talking philosophy and strategizing and then tearing it down and rebuilding the plan again. And now it's finally here and it feels like we're back this week. You know, it just, it's a different feeling. Um, but, you know, working with our stadium operations, we want to make sure we're safe, we're clean, fan forward, really keeping them in mind what's going to make their experience easy and make them feel secure and being at the game and then coming back. Um, so it's been a frantic week, you know, but we, we are approved and um, we're continuing to build forward. So, you know, we will be hosting a playoff game very soon and um, I tell my staff, don't take that for granted. Not every team's in the playoffs all the time. So um, we we have really, really good people remaining on staff. And I think that makes it easy to want to work and just do what we do. Um, open the gates, let people come in, enjoy high-level professional sports, and um, hopefully win. Yeah, for sure. Vamos a Zules. <laughs> all for our let's city. Let's go. Let's go. Yes, let's win. Um, yeah, I mean, for, for us um, and for our listeners, Nevada has been closed, um, essentially closed for business of any large gatherings. And um, for us, it's so important to get a rep under our belt in 2020 of reopening during a pandemic. And, you know, I, that I always look for the silver lining and everything. And I think the silver lining here really is um, we've gotten a chance to reevaluate a lot of our processes and a lot of the ways that we do things. 
as a result of this pandemic. And um, I think it's going to be eye-opening, you know, with this gradual welcoming of people back into the building, um, how we do it, how we perform, and how we can improve. So I'm excited and we'll, we'll definitely keep you all updated on, um, on how that all goes. Hey, just a quick break to remind you to head on over to emilyjansen.com to download your free copy of the top 10 myths about being a female leader in sports. This guide will debunk the top myths and lead you to the top. This guide will show you what's possible to achieve in life while having an incredible career in sports. Head on over to Emily Jansen, that's J-A-E-N-S-O-N.com and grab your copy. It's free. Now let's get back to this great interview. Samantha, you are the chief revenue officer. We know that you um, are responsible for the revenue for ticket sales and sponsorship. Uh, you manage a team, um, but what does that what does that mean day to day and week to week? You know, what are your responsibilities? What are your um, what are your core? What do you spend the majority of your time doing? So one really big piece that's helped me grow professional is sitting on our leadership team, our executive leadership team, and for the listeners. Emily is on there and I feel so lucky to work with her daily because this isn't just what you hear on the pod. I have to say this. Emily is a superstar as well, like outside of this podcast. And I feel super lucky that our past reconnected again and we're working together. So sitting on the executive leadership team with a great group of individuals, um, we've really focused in this remote work setting in terms of um, checking in and seeing each other a lot more than we normally would when we're out on um, sponsorship meetings or um, you know in the community giving speeches and doing things like that so the remote setting on the daily has been something that we uh, has allowed us to reconnect in a way so i sit on that so you know every morning we're getting together to start my day um Prior to that, I'm just running through emails, running through news cycles, checking social media. Um, I subscribe to a couple of really good emails that can give me some inspiration both in and outside of the industry. Um, And then we're having our leadership call. From there, I'm checking in with my revenue team every day in the remote setting at 10 a.m. So for those listeners, like how often are you checking in um, with your team or manager? Um, We're doing it daily. It's been a huge help because it allows us to still feel connected. Um, And we talk about struggles or what's working well. So, um, you know, from there, my day could be different, but mostly um, running some strategic revenue meetings for both baseball and soccer in the beginning of the week is a huge meeting for me, as well as our sponsorship meeting where we're talking about um, normally pacing and where we sit, but the conversation has been a little bit different. So uh, you guys all know if you're listening and you're a leader in the industry, it's a lot of meetings, but um, I think having the courage to also uh, be disciplined enough to cancel those and, and focus on creativity and strategy when you need to is huge as well. For those who are looking to elevate and you're sort of picking your, your goal for the next two years, three years, five years, getting to that C-level you pull yourself a little bit above that day-to-day grind, so to speak, of, of phone calls or, you know, that outbound communication. And um, while you still have, you know, some, some site on, on the outside the building, you're really focused internally on managing your people and managing the strategy that you've created to make the business successful. 
Um, so that includes, as Samantha said, you know, a lot of a lot of meetings. But the fun thing about that is if you're prepared and if you've got a plan, you get to see your ideas come to the table. I think we can all remember a time when we were 20, you know, in our early 20s and we're sitting at the table and we couldn't wait to be the one leading the meeting. And um, I can tell you it's a it's a nice spot to be in, but it's a lot of responsibility um, when your name is at the you know, you're the author of that spreadsheet that's dictating how much revenue the company is going to drive that year. I agree. And I think it's a lot of preparation. You know, it, it really is. You have to be prepared and ready for your people because they are ready to go, you know, so you have to put time in. If it's a Monday morning meeting, I'm on Sunday night prepping because I want to show them respect that when our meeting starts, we're ready to go. And, and, um, I've seen great results from that because I think they know what to, they know what the agenda is going to be and the format's going to be. Let me tell you, being prepared for a meeting is probably one of the best career pieces of career advice I could dish out to anybody, um, whether you're attending or leading, um, because today we're so, we're so busy and we're so overscheduled that um, I've seen people show up to a meeting and not even know what meeting they're in. Um, do you think that's, you know, that's not productive behavior? And if you did have an idea to contribute, it's probably not going to get passed along because you didn't show up ready to work. Agree. And the other thing is we all get the 15 minute reminders on our phone. Oh my gosh, you know, oh, yeah. oh gosh, we got this meeting coming up. Um, so a best practice I think is making sure like the night before or morning of, I still write out like what is, what are those key important meetings? Um, I'm a big outlook person and geek my staff knows that about me, but at the same time, I think writing it down, um, you know, you're committing to it and you're, you're going to remember it. 100%. And, you know, if you do forget about a meeting, that 15 minute reminder <laughs> on the iPhone is worth its weight in gold. It's clutch. It's clutch. Yes. So you're here today. You're sitting in that chair. Um, what was the tipping point looking back on your career? So I think early on in my career, it was the flexibility to move and adapt in the sports industry you have to be willing to um, travel move and seek out that opportunity so that was huge in, in the beginning um, and then you know going from vice president of ticket sales to chief revenue officer internally i think it's about building relationships and trust internally so having those hard conversations um, making my boss aware hey i want more where do you see me in six months? What can I do um, to take on more responsibility? And understanding, you know, that relationship. Um, and then, you know, when when there's an area that does need help, being able to step up, I go back to, I'm definitely sales background, um, and that is my passion and where I've seen results. But there was a need for marketing at the time. So what can I do to try to help that? How can we get single game tickets to to improve and um, I learned a lot through that, you know, just being willing to to step up and take on way more than than, than the job description. You uh, pointed out something that has become a theme among successful female leaders, and um, that's first of all making your boss aware that you want growth, and then asking how to make that happen. Um, so often, I think we're pursuing our own agendas for whatever personal reason you, you liked, the, you liked the project or 
you just want to see it go through to completion, um, but you might be walking in the wrong direction. Um, so making sure that you're picking your eyes up and seeing what's most valuable to the company so that you can make a contribution in the most meaningful way is what's going to help, help elevate you. Samantha, talk to me a little bit about your biggest hurdle that you've overcome and how can we learn from that? In the beginning of anyone's career in this industry, you just have to work hard, quote unquote, work hard. And a lot of times that is hours and time spent in the office. Um, my 20s, I sacrificed a lot, a lot of commitments to my family and um, relationships to continue to advance and make sure that I was, you know, outworking people. And I think as I've developed as a leader and as the industries developed, and just the world in general, you know, how do we work smarter now? So that's definitely been um, a hurdle that I had to work on, you know, because I didn't want to feel like I was failing. I didn't want to be failing my relationship by not being home, but then I didn't want to be failing the company by leaving the game, you know, a little early that night. So I think um, work-life balance is now just blending, right? Like, and you're a great example of that, Emily, who, you know, every day getting to see how you do it in your life has been inspiring to me. Um, and I think it's definitely pushed me. I think um, you have to be able to see these examples of how to do it. And I know that's been super helpful. Um, you know, you're going to be disciplined enough. You got to leave that meeting at 530 because you're getting your boys and you make that known and you don't lose respect for it because you just put it out there and people, if anything else, are like, wow, how is she balancing it all? So, um, it, you know, I don't have it figured out by any means. I do know I'm focusing and the pandemic has allowed me to slow down a little bit more and reassess. Um, you know, I think we've had our lowest lows together, Emily, in, in this pandemic. Both of us have had some yes. pretty low lows, but we've also had some very high highs and, um, you know, really being able to say, these are my personal goals. It is okay to have personal goals and seek those out and live the best life you can because no one is going to have hard worker on their tombstone. I love that you said that. And this is why we are not only colleagues, but we are friends because we share, we share that sentiment. Thank you for those great compliments. I was going to dish it your way and say <laughs> that you are, um, Samantha's one of the best people at setting boundaries. You know, when she's unavailable, she's not available. And uh, that's fine. We got to work around that because those last minute requests, like sure they pop up, but I think you got to look at yourself and look internally and say, man, if I'm constantly going to this person last minute, is this my issue? You know, am I unprepared that I always need this person at the last second? And sometimes you might get frustrated if they're unavailable, but I think sometimes we have to turn that lens around and look at ourselves and say, why am I the one who keeps making these last minute requests? We should be, we should be a little bit more prepared for that. You have been spending a little bit more time with your, with your pup too. Um, tell us about Duncan and, uh, and how he's doing with this whole pandemic. <laughs> oh, he's, he's awesome. So um, for the listeners, I rescued a dog from the SBCA here, um, and it happened right before the pandemic, so right at the start of the new year is when I got him, um, and it's been so fun just to be able to watch him grow, put him in some training, and um, 
he's just an awesome, awesome pup. So it's been a cool experience. Oh, I love that. Well, we get to see him on, that's the advantage of these uh, Zoom calls and Teams calls is we get to see a little bit of a peek <laughs> inside of people's lives that you didn't get before. So I feel like we know, uh, you know, our colleagues a little bit, a little bit better. Before I ask you the last question, I wanted to see if um, you had any tips you could share with the listeners about that proverbial work-life balance or work-life integration. How do you set personal and professional goals? How do you manage them both? Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, so I think I'm a huge fan of mental health, which we haven't touched on, but I think that plays into it. So I've worked really hard on that the past two years. I've made it known had many of talks with my boss about it. I don't want to get burnt out and just be half as good in, in these areas. So, you know, I think there are so many resources right now for the listeners. If you are employed with insurance, there is so many resources in terms of therapy. There's so many local groups you can join. Um, and you may not really be knowing what you're doing, but like by joining a group of like-minded interests, maybe that is, you find joy in that. Um, and that allows you to kind of separate work home, work home, all these things. There's so many commitments. So um, I think you have to take a look at yourself and don't get lost in, in the family. Don't get lost in the job. Um, are you taking time for yourself? You know, and I know you, you do yoga, Emily, for example, like that's great. It might just be one hour, but maybe that allows you to clear your mind and allows you to come back to the office a better person or go back home a better person. Um, so I'm a big fan of physically working out and then taking care of your mental health because um, it plays into both work and uh, your personal life. I'm so happy you brought up the topic of mental health. That topic has also really elevated um, during this really challenging upside down year for us. Um, so I hope everyone heard, you know, look for resources, look for help, share what you're going through. Um, there's something about putting it out loud, getting it outside of your body that is, is really healing and helpful. Finally, um, you know I'm a big quote person. I have got them in my office. You know, I write them. Samantha laughs at me because I make this, this calendar at the beginning of every morning charting out my day. And um, in the top corner, I'm writing my, my mantra or my quote for the day. And she's peeked over and seen some pretty funny ones. <laughs> I'm always looking over your shoulder to see what the daily quote is, you know? <laughs> Along the way. I draw a lot of inspiration from that. You know, it's get up and go get them. So, so what is your favorite quote? What can you share with us? So my favorite quote right now is the braver I am, the luckier I get. And it's by Glennon Doyle, who wrote the book Untamed. Again, for the listeners, if you have not read that book, it's amazing. Um, me and Emily randomly were talking about it. And um, it's a really good read. Yeah, and there's a chapter in there that I can't help but point out because it's particularly poignant to this podcast specifically and this conversation. And um, it's about competition among women how we sometimes feel like there's not enough room at the table for all of us. And so when we get that position, we hold on really, really tight and we're not really reaching our hand backwards to, to help the next person. And, um, you know, that's not behavior that we should continue. Um, we got to be more open with each other, 
share more with each other so that we can all get better, support each other. There's a lot to it. When, when you have a success and you look around and you see who's cheering for you, recognize that. Um, and then in turn support those people. And I couldn't be luckier to work with somebody who supports me in the way that Samantha does. Um, I, you guys all heard from her today how wonderful she is as a leader and as a person. Samantha, if people wanna keep in touch with you, where can they find you? Yeah, the easiest is probably to find me on LinkedIn, just searching my name, Samantha Hicks. Um, and you can find me on Twitter, Samantha Hicks underscore, and you can find me on the gram. S underscore S underscore H3. Awesome. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the Leadership as Female podcast as a tremendous female leader and friend. Thank you. This past weekend, we hosted the playoff game that Samantha and I discussed during the interview, and it went great. We opened the gates, let people come in, and enjoy high-level professional soccer in a playoff game. Unfortunately, we lost in overtime PKs. It was a devastating loss, but in my opinion, the most important game we have ever hosted. Our first event with limited attendance during the pandemic. Huge cheers to everyone on the team who contributed to making this a great event. We had the fans mask up, we distanced, we went paperless and tickets and concessions, clear bags, lots and lots of changes, and we did it. The fans complied beautifully. They did whatever they were asked to do so that they could join us for this match. Incredible. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Samantha as much as I enjoyed interviewing her. I absolutely love how she touched on work-life balance through the lens of mental health. Lots of great stuff here, but let's boil it down to the top four takeaways. Number one, at the start of your career, find a few people you look up to in the company and just observe them. What is their body language? How are they dressing? How do they run a meeting? And how are they interacting with people? You can learn so much just through observation. Number two, set goals for yourself. You don't have to tell anyone but it's so important that you set goals for yourself. Silent pursuance is okay. Just be clear and honest on what you want to achieve. Number three, developing as a leader is a process. We learn through experience and we don't always get it right. For Samantha, being her true authentic self has been the key to her success. The more she has showed up for her staff with who she is, the more they have showed up for her and who they are has showed up to do the best job possible. And number four, you have to be prepared and ready for your people. It's a sign of respect to be prepared for a meeting. Use the 15-minute reminder on Outlook and your phone as a tool to get into the mindset for your meeting. To be extra prepared, review your schedule the night before or in the morning so that you know what you signed up for that day. Hey you, did you join my email list? I want to stay in touch with you so that you'll have the heads up on new podcast episodes and get the tips you are looking for to empower you to level up. It's easy to sign up. Head on over to emilyjansen.com. I'm so excited you are here and I can't wait to help lead you forward in the career of your dreams. Again, that's emilyjanson.com.
Thank you for listening to the Leadership is Female podcast. It means the world to me that you chose to spend your time with this podcast today. If you like this episode, subscribe, share, and review. What can you do today to lead her forward? We will do our part to lead her forward because leadership is female. Thank you for joining us.